We've got 10 nights until the next full moon. Well, he was what I would call a Sasquatch. Pilots that showed unidentified flying objects. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I don't believe 99% of the things that people claim they've seen. I think this is in that 1%. A lot of people make fun of me, but I don't care. I know it's there. G'day. Welcome to the Mellow Tiger Podcast. My name is Bree, and I am joined with me today with George. How you going? Oh, I'm not too good. That's good, Josh. Very good, thank you. That's good. Yeah. You were late because you well, had to look at Chooks. A side hustle. I'm taking it serious now. So it's not your side hustle anymore, it's your main hustle? It's, a ma- it's the only hustle, so it can be made in. You so put your main job on a side hustle now? Listen, I'm milking rabbit, uh, rabbits. <laughs> I just sold rabbits, actually, but ducks yeah. are the future. They really are. Okay. Well, the, the present as well. <laughs> <laughs> are you like a mad, like are you into like the work hustle, like work harder, be harder, live better? Not like- really. This is okay. more of enjoy because I've enjoyed it and I've found yeah. that you can make money out of it. So okay. I'm, and I'm, I am motivated. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I don't want to say, it, but I'm motivated by money in a way where aren't we? Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know, but it sounds bad when you're like, every, you know, people say money isn't everything. Don't do that, but I, it does actually motivate me. Yeah, but you kind of need it. Like it's one yeah. thing to be like. Actually, this was a really good saying I heard was, they, everyone says money doesn't make you happy, but water doesn't make you happy either. But you need to drink it, don't you? Yeah, I, I like yeah, the one where it's like, like money doesn't make you happy, but. It feels nicer crying in a Mercedes <laughs> yeah. than it does on a bike. Like, yeah, exactly. It's normally rich people who say that. I think it's different mm. if you're like a humanitarian and trying to make money off like people suffering or something. Like not like if you were just like, no, I, I need the money for this. And it's like people are dying. <laughs> and you're supposed to be a humanitarian. Like, yeah. Like Elon Musk, have you seen what's going on with that, with Twitter and that? I just heard a bunch of like the Twitter employees saying it's about to implode on itself. You guys aren't on Twitter, are you? No. Now's the time to join. Because- Why? Because it's lit, like it literally is just like the wild west on there now. Like people are going nuts, posting nuts stuff. Nothing works. Like only one emoji works. Like it's so much fun on there. Honestly, it is like it's going down. Apparently, he fired the dude who has access to the building with all the key cards and everything, and then they accidentally locked themselves out. <laughs> so good. He had to ring the dude and ask him to come back in to help, That's and the so dude good. posted on Twitter, and Elon replied on Twitter, and was like, thanks for that. Oh, Jesus. It's really bad. Like, it's really, really, really bad. I heard bad. there was heaps of people, though, that that asked in a video where that their jobs, they weren't really doing much. They just show up, walk around a room and then... That's bullshit. They, half mm. of them didn't even go into... No, like, like they filmed it. Like some of them... Yeah, that's what I mean. No, no one ever really went into work when they did. It was just like a buffet menu of and just fancy stuff they could do. And, and one lady filmed her job and she's like, and this is my, this is what I do for work. And I just walk around here and I do this. And then and that's it. Like she does like half an hour yeah, of work. I think then, it would be different if he didn't cut, like he literally offered them ultimatums and then like the whole critical engineering team that keeps the site up decided to quit. Yeah. Like that's all, like he like got, he sacked so many people that he was like telling them you need to do 80 hour weeks. And f- if you lived, like most people work for Twitter, they're all online. So they worked remotely. And out of those 80 hours you're doing, 40 of them have to be in the office. Yeah. Jesus. And everyone quit. The only people that are still working there are those who need like a visa to stay in the country. Like they need the job <laughs> for their visa to stay in the country. Why did he buy Twitter? I I think he I think was... it's a big joke because it's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, like, you but, know. But I think he did it to be like, oh, look at me, I'm Elon Musk. Look at all the money I have. Is that what it is? Just like an ego but, move well, sort Do you of know thing? what happened though? He did that and then they were like, okay. Then they got all interested and he realised, oh, wait, I'll be bankrupt if I do this. And he tried to back out and then 
the people, the all like the shareholders of Twitter took him to court and forced him to buy it. Yeah, right. On. So they forced him to do it when he didn't. He was like, actually. What was it? 40, was, 40 44 bil- billion. billion. Are the shareholders backpedaling now going, oh shit. He's he's, there are no more shareholders. So he bought. He, oh, he it's bought. Just yeah, him. right. Yeah. It's just him. So he went and did that. So the first, I think it was like a flex to begin with. He's like, I heard totally buy it if I wanted it. And then he's like, actually, I don't. Because remember he was doing like, all those jokes. He was like, oh, I'll buy this and. You know, I'll turn it into something. It was like all different sort of things. Yeah, he was like free speech. Like free speech is dead. Like we'll never ban anyone within like the first day. He did the most fucking stupid shit where he he got rid of the verified check mark so you could buy it now. So people were pretending to be Elon Musk and saying stuff like one of the guys I watch, I watch a H3 podcast. He was pretending to be Elon Musk. And he was saying stuff like, I really do miss my friend Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein on these mild summer oh nights. God. What he did was wrong, but you can't, like, you can't, you, I can still have feelings about him and miss him greatly. And he banned him. He banned all this. Yeah, it's funny like, until it hits home. It's mm, all, it's all, everything's it's, all right until it hits you. It's so it? many people have been banned now. And it was supposed to be like a free speech, bring back yeah. Donald Trump on the platform thing. And he just banned everyone because they were picking on him so bad. Yeah. But there's no better way than proving that right than actually banning the people that are saying this stuff. I know. Well, that's, that's just basically putting out that they're right. Another one I loved, there was two more that I loved. One was Twitter. And it was like, oh, hey, we've now updated this, so you shouldn't have this issue anymore. And someone else created, like, an exact same Twitter account and wrote, no, we fucking didn't. <laughs> so it looked like it was arguing with itself. <laughs> and then the other one was the um, singer Doja Cat. I don't know if you've ever heard I've, of her. I've heard the name, mm-hmm. but I have no idea. I could, I'd imagine you guys wouldn't. Uh, she updated her name to Christmas when she got a verified check mark. And once you've ver- got this verified check mark, you can't change it. And she was like, help me, Elon Musk. I, c- I need to change my name. I don't want to be stuck as Christmas forever. And she's like a babe. Here comes Elon Musk. Got it. Fixed it for you. And then the next comment is her having updated her name to Elon Musk saying, thank you. She put like the head, mm. like his old, his old picture where he has no hair. And like looks like a little like he's obviously had a hair transplant or whatever he's done to get his hair back, but it, and he doesn't like people knowing about that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this one of him balding, like real nerdy. And he was just she was like, "Thank you," <laughs> with that profile picture, and her name was now Elon Musk. Are you with Twitter? No, I feel Facebook's like, enough for me. I can't. Yeah, I don't even jump else. on Facebook. You're lucky yeah. I reply to you guys. Yeah, I'll oh, get on Facebook and I'll just really do a messaging like, mm. group and call it the Mellow Tiger. Why? Like Discord. Because Facebook sometimes takes me a day, and I will not turn notifications on. And I don't know why. I could be stubborn, but you it goes don't off even all the time. To your messages. You can just use the messenger. You don't have to use Facebook. Yeah, I have a messenger app. I don't go into Facebook. Mm. I use Facebook to buy poultry myself. No, no, but you can get the messenger app. Yeah, I know it's on the site. I already got it. So just go into messenger and don't go on Facebook. Mm. I send you text messages you don't reply to, and then I have to send That's you true. gifts saying, That's because "Well, I'm, I'm waiting." Yeah, but I'm, Rick, you ask Ringy. He says it all the time. I'm always busy. I'll like read it. It goes off. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to reply to Bray. I put him in pocket and continue doing I'm what I'm exa- doing. I'm and then I'm like, same. that message is dead to me. Yeah, I do exactly because there's no notification there, so you're not. Yeah, you don't know it's there anymore. Yeah, I just it's, you're yeah. dead. I have no shame. I don't care. I just keep prodding you, going hello. That's good because then mm-hmm. I remember. But then with yours, I'm like, hey Beck, because <laughs> I yeah. talk to Beck all the time. I'm like, Beck, what's your doing? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ask him now. <laughs> yeah, which is Dan's family with me. They constantly message me. Because Dan never replies, but I don't know if that's like a he sees a message or he just goes, I'm not replying to that. I'm not talking to yeah, her. Yeah, and then they'll come and ask me, and I'm like, I'll check with Daniel. Mm. Dan, and he's like, I don't know. I'm like, please don't make me keep being the secretary. Are you excited to see how the rest of this draws? I am actually. Really yeah, am. I want to finish oh. it off so I can have a good night's sleep for once. I went to port like not long after we'd done the last one, and it was, I didn't go in the water. Actually, no. I went knee deep. That's where they get you. That's no. where they get you. They reckon. 
I shinned it. It wasn't quite. You shinned it. I sent my kids in a little bit before me. Mm. It doesn't matter, Smart. you know. You could put them out further than you and the shark. A lot of the time, they still swim past people to get you. Mm. I've noticed that. It's not like bears. Even then, sometimes if you make eye contact with a bear, it'll get you over the closest person to the bear. Would it limit the percentage of me getting struck, though? I mean, any, I'm up for anything. <sighs> Depends. Yeah. Are you bleeding? Do you look more tasty? Are you splashing more? Do they smell like, fear? Maybe. Who knows? And we probably know more about it than the scientists did back in the day anyway from the sounds of things. I was telling me mates like about that scene where he got attacked and they're like, no, no, sharks don't do that. It could have been a torpedo from an, like a... Like, like oh yeah, a God. German U-boat. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get my head around that. <laughs> so the next spate of shark attacks actually all happened within like two hours. There was, there's three more and they well, all happened within like now. two hours of one another. So by July 11, talks of sharks and shark attacks had died down and was seldom mentioned in conversation, but that was about to change. The inland towns of New Jersey were experiencing days of blazing heat. One of these towns was Matawan, located 50 kilometres north of Spring Lake and 25 kilometres inland from the ocean. Matawan was a peaceful town of only 1,200 residents. 20 k's inland, so that's a fair way inland. Think of like... Hexham. No, that's not. Further inland than that? Yeah, it would be. um, I would think so. What's the one near... Not Dunlop. It starts with C. Clare. Clarence Town. Clarence Town. What's a fair way in though? I don't know. That's a, the, yeah. the, okay, it's like the vibe of Hexham, right? Yeah, like right. it's like on a creek. Yeah. So uh, it was a combination of rural and business surrounded by hardworking farmers, but also sporting a small business district that housed regular American storefronts. So it was like a really little town right on the creek. They had like a bunch of factories and stuff. The people of Madawin were known for their unconditional kindness, especially those to visiting those visiting the area. They had a great community spirit where anyone in need would always have a helping hand from a neighbour. So apparently they were really nice people and they didn't care if you were like a tourist. So you know, a lot of small towns like that are just like... In my back, town. Back the way you came. Yeah, like, yeah. not very you got friendly. Pretty teeth. Yeah, these I'm people... I mean, mouth. But the teeth are pretty too. They're like, what's them? We, what's them? we don't got them in our mouth. Gives <laughs> me some. He's got a full set, Errol. <laughs> oh, Mr. Fence Pants over here with all his teeth. Everyone's lined up with their food going, chew it for me. <laughs> Feed me like a baby bird. <laughs> so Matawan also had a link to the Atlantic Ocean in the form of Matawan Creek. The creek was partially a tidal inlet used as a transport route for farm produce and bricks to the New York warehouses. The tight passage was a snaking muddy river measuring 12 metres across at its widest point and it was no deeper than 10, min- 10 metres. She says not. Much room to move. No. no. I don't know why. Mum was trying to explain to us the other day why things are called creeks. Like for us in Australia, like a creek, you'd think of it as like this tiny creek, little. As it was something that flows, from, said it flows the o- from the ocean, goes up a inland, creek. Yeah, yeah. But whereas a river is like comes from the mountains or whatever and goes out to the sea. Yeah. Out of the ocean. But for me, creek just is, seems like tiny. Yeah. Just like rolling over rocks kind of thing. Yeah. Like not much water at all. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the 1800s, the creek was wider and could accommodate a tugboat called the Wickoff. Uh-huh. So a dock was built f- specifically for the Wickoff right by Madawin. Um, but by 1916, it was nothing more than a rundown wharf of like a dozen or so pilings. So like, you know, the legs of a wharf, yeah, yeah. it didn't really have the top as much. It was mainly just the pilings left because yeah. they didn't use it anymore. Tugboat, Wickoff tugboat was gone. I mean, tugger. 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 Right <laughs> We're going to go fight people with cancer. <laughs> We're going to fight cancer, but without someone so with cancer. <laughs> Take this. The dock was also, like, despite the state of the dock, it was far from deserted. It was a popular spot for children of Matawan who didn't have access to ocean bathing or a public pool. 
Different groups of kids would play and swim at the dock daily during the unrelenting summer. They'd often play balancing games, jumping from piling to piling or swimming out to the deep spot in the middle of the creek. So it was just used recreationally by the children mm. of the town. Dark and muddy too, George. It would have been like super brackish yeah, water. Yeah. Like really <laughs> war- when you hear the word brackish, how hey, you just think bullshock. Like, yeah, bro, like- I, I, yeah. The morning of July 12th, 1916 was just as viciously hot as the previous days. A lot of Madawan's older children aged around so aged around twelve would often so it was like, yeah, like literally between like the ages of eight and twelve they had them in factories. It was like school holidays or something. Well it was, it was summer holidays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the kids went and worked in the factories along the creek. So they had um summer jobs and by lunchtime they had been planning their after work swim activities. Soon they'd be getting off work and heading straight down to the creek for a well deserved soak. So they're all a group of friends. It consisted of boys between the age of eleven and twelve and they were Lester Stillwater, who had epilepsy. Charles Van Brunt, Ali O'Hara, Johnson Carton, Frank Close, and Anthony Bublon. So it was just like a group of your friends. You all worked at different factories. You all had the plan to meet up after work at the creek at this dock. That's where you would hang out. So they're off work. They're like, fuck yeah, let's go cool off. And they enthusiastically entered the creek, diving and splashing about causing the brackish water to turn muddy. Oh, so the then they I'm splashing like a baby seal. Yeah. Oh, do I look like I'm injured? <laughs> <laughs> there had never been shark attacks ever, right? Let alone where they are. Let now. alone yeah. up where they are. Would yeah. you ever think that that would happen? Sort of no, thing. It'd be sort of like a little bit different, but us going down the Hunter River and just splashing. Yeah. There's no sharks in here. Yeah. Even though I'm still skeptical of that. Dad told us it was crocodiles. We used to yeah. <laughs> Dude, they've catched like baby bull. Caught, sorry, catch caught baby bull sharks in like Maitland. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still a fair trek to us, though, but it's pr- fair further up than I thought they would. Yeah, be. all the floods and stuff though at the moment. Uh, no, I don't want to think about that. Mm. Like, what if? It, yeah, what if? Uh. Oh my god, what if they swam up and got stuck, and then the mm-hmm. flood subsided, and, and they, they got like, hungry? Yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> this is called Jaws. Well, they do that all the time in um, Gold Coast when it floods. They get into dams and that on golf courses and stuff yeah. from the canals. Yeah, no thanks. No, I'm not that you'd ever go on the river. The, the shit coming from the mines in the river would be more harmful to you than a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat those fish. Unbeknownst to the boys, half an hour prior to their arrival at the creek, a local fisherman, Captain Cottrell, was walking alongside the water near the dock when he noticed something that caused him to do a double take. He witnessed a dark grey shape around eight feet in length making its way up the creek with the incoming tide. Stop it. That's so he, and he's like a captain on a boat. He's like, the fuck is that? And he's a captain. This was a familiar... Hey, skipper, what's yeah. that? <laughs> this was a familiar <laughs> silhouette to the captain who had witnessed it many times out at sea. He was certain it was a large shark. I can just see him smoking a pipe and I go, ah, that'd be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's no, but that's what that character was based off, was this captain. Yeah, so right in right Jaws, oh, he was based right off this captain. So... Cottrell was questioning his sanity when he looked up at a workman completing repairs on the train bridge overhead and they too could see the shark. They were like, oh, what the fuck is that? Like they all stopped working and were looking at it and were like, what? Cottrell raced to the closest telephone and rang John Mulsoff, the town barber and the Madawin chief of police. (laughs) (laughs) Get me a haircut. I'm going in. You think you're a hustler, Josh? (laughs) 
Chief Molsoff tried to calm the captain, stating all the previous talk of sharks on the Jersey Shore had caused Cottrell to misinterpret what he'd seen. He's a captain, though. Yeah, those in the barber shop who had overheard the conversation began to laugh and questioned the captain's sanity, hypothesizing the heat had gotten to him. I ain't ringing no damn barber again. It's <laughs> <laughs> the like, last time I ring you guys for help with a shark. Can you imagine them all like laughing in the background? Crazy old fool. Like <laughs> they're probably thinking, "Why'd you ring us?" Yeah, it, uh, I have no friends. <laughs> The sea be my way. This response infuriated Cottrell, so he set out in a motorboat to warn anyone swimming in the creek of the shark's presence. So go f- good for him for having some initiative yeah, yeah. and not just shrugging it off. And also two days before, a boy called Rennie had told the other boys that he'd been swimming in the creek when something that felt like sandpaper had pushed up against his leg and there was nothing submerged in the water. So he concluded he thought it was a sea monster hiding That's in the murky fine. depths. So something felt like it had pushed up against oh, his leg and so brushed past him. Nah. Like so he'd already told all the boys about it. He's like, something's in the creek, dude. And they were just like, oh, it's a sea monster. Which sharks are scarier than a sea monster, I think. I don't they know. are sea monsters. <laughs> well, true. Do you know what they call them? Which I think is really funny. Because when they were publishing stories in the paper at this time about them, they ran out of things to call them, like demon mm. and all that. So they were calling them sea wolves. So that's oh. cool. That I actually, like that. Yeah. That actually suits. Wolves yeah. of the sea. Yeah. yeah. And lone wolves too, obviously. And they're mm. the worst kind. But they used it all the time. It was always between shark and sea wolves. I, I was like, we should change it to Sea Wolves. That's so much better. I think that would make a good like football team or something. Yeah. Sea Wolves. The manly Sea Wolves. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> More like Sea Puppies. <laughs> <laughs> so Cottrell had made it a fair way up the creek before sprinting up toward Main Street, which rang alongside the creek to warn the boys heading down to the water for a swim. So mm. he ran up there like a crazy person. Because he obviously so, knew this is the time of day they'd go swimming yeah. and stuff like that. And he was like, don't go in the water. So he's not he's not on the water right now in his boat. He's no, on so the, he's, he's like pulled up, gone to, because he would know that all the factories are letting their kids. Mm. Yeah. Excuse me. You're excused. I'm pregnant. I can do what I want. Like, it's not my fault that I have had reflux. <laughs> so he was running up being like, no, don't go in the water like I saw a shark and stuff and was warning kids. And the kids were listening to him though. They were like, oh, all right. Like, but like, cause they, he's a cat, he's a captain. He's a captain. You know you what I mean? I don't know why the other people And the mayor come from him. all the way from the coast and was like, no, you get in that water. Get yeah. back in that water and frolic. <laughs> so in a shockingly unfortunate turn of events, Cottrell passed the Wyckoff dock mere moments before Lester and his gang of friends arrived to cool off. In turn, he missed his opportunity to warn them of the danger lurking so he's already just gone below through the surface. It. Yeah, so he missed those group of kids we were talking yeah. about before. He, yeah. They just missed one uh, another. So he was running up and ran past like as they were coming down out of like the woods into the yeah, creek. Right so he's right. missed them. So Cottrell ran store to store warning as many people as he could of what he saw in the creek. He received a similar response as he did when he first phoned the police chief. So he's literally he running into the store on this time. They're like, oh, get out of here, crazy yeah. guy. <laughs> Dude. Stanley Fisher, a young man who owned a dry cleaning and tailoring business, had remarked to his friend Mary Anderson that he didn't realise Cottrell was such a splendid had such a splendid sense of humour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the matter and residents just couldn't believe that a shark was able to make its way up a narrow, quiet creek twenty five kilometres from the ocean. Earlier that morning, two brothers from New York City, 12-year-old Joseph and 14-year-old Michael Dunn, were eager to hop on a train to visit their aunt who resided in Cliffwood, New Jersey. Cliffwood was located directly northeast of Matawan and its southern border actually made up the vast majority of Matawan Creek. So these two brothers, they planned to meet up with one of their friends, which was a 16-year-old local Matawan boy called Jerry Hurahan. And not long after Cottrell had made his way via motorbike up the creek, Joseph and Michael, having arrived early that day, 
join Jerry, their mate who they were meeting, at their favourite Matawan, Matawan Creek swimming spot, the Brickyard Docks. So these docks were located about 800 metres east of the Wyckoff Dock. So I think it was 800 metres further in, yeah. inland. Yeah. And it was just like a dock that was attached to like a brick factory yeah. that was right on the water. So that's where the boats would stop, pick up the bricks and then head mm-hmm. off to New York. Yeah. This particular spot was popular as it was, it was deeper for diving and the dock had a ladder which made it easier to exit the water. The only downside was the dock superintendent, Robert Thress, did not like kids messing around in front of the loading zone, so the boys had to be sneaky in their attempt to access the dock. This is just typical shit. It was like a business, you know? Probably don't want to be liable. Although back then, no one was liable. Fucking kids are annoying yeah. too. Go away. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I'll be one of those people like, when people are like, oh, they're just having fun. I'm like... They're just their presence is annoying me. <laughs> like <laughs> I'll be Parker. <laughs> None of that giggling. <laughs> Somebody laugh. <laughs> Not long after two PM, Lester and his friends were enjoying the muddy water at the Wyckoff dock, unaware of what Cottrell had seen. Ali O'Hara had been swimming closer to shore than the other boys when he felt a sandpaper-like object rub oh, up against this, his that's leg. That's so messed up when you say like that. He immediately began searching the water with narrowed eyes and he spied what looked like a huge fish's tail. Lester was swimming nearest to Ali, slowly edging towards the deepest part of the creek. So that was a shallow end, shallowest person. Well, the shallowest um, away from the other boys. Yeah, people so were deeper. Was clo- he, people yeah, were deeper, he, yeah. People were deeper, deeper. He was closer to the shore. Yeah. Before Ali could describe what he had felt and seen, Johnson Carton one of the, and the other boys spied what looked like an old weather-beaten board or weathered log breaking the surface of the water. The jokester of the group, Anthony Bublin, had climbed onto a nearby piling and was demanding the other boys' attention by announcing he was going to attempt a backflip. As you do. Hey guys, look at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm the joker of the group. <laughs> Lester was contending with Anthony for centre stage. He was proudly floating on his back in the deeper part of the creek and was urging for the boys to look at him. So he's like, look at me, I'm floating on my back in the deepest part of the creek. He's about to do a backflip. Yeah, <laughs> You're floating on I, back. I was yeah. like that as well. I was like, ain't nobody looking at you, Lester. This dude's about to like maybe possibly injure himself yeah. very seriously. Like We're going to watch him. It's like your kids, watch this, dad, 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 dad. Watch this. You're looking at just like this weird spin? little hop. And I'm yeah. like, the fuck was that? I'll hit you for that. <laughs> Juniper started doing that mummy watch this moment. And it's like that I watch her and she'll just like kick her leg out. And I'll be like, wow. Uh, so good. <laughs> so good. Did you do that yourself? Yeah. <laughs> the majority of the boys still had their eyes on Anthony as he careened headfirst into the water, making a huge splash. Just as this happened, the boys heard a short shriek and a larger splash behind them. Oh, we should have been watching the back. Uh. Yeah. The children were suddenly stunned by what looked like an old plank darting towards Lester. They then watched the dorsal fin and tail fin of a shark break the surface of the water and in unison yelled, Lester's gone. As the shadow consumed Lester's small upper body, upper body water flooded his agape mouth. The shocked boys could see that the creature was not entirely black, but also sported a white underbelly and glistening razor-sharp teeth. Lester flailed helplessly as the water surrounding him turned bloody. He let out a final gurgled scream before he was tugged below into the depths of the creek. Lester did not resurface. That's not He's me- gone. It's not messing around, that shark. Nope. <sighs> The remaining children scrambled chaotically from the water as fast as their slight bodies could carry them. Some ran for a factory bordering the creek while the others ran onto the main street screaming, Shark, shark, a shark got Lester. None of the boys had stopped to clothe themselves and were still completely naked. So that would be causing a bit of a scene. The barbers are going, fuck. (laughs) We will believe the naked children, but not the old man. (laughs) (laughs) The old sea captain. (laughs) When they... 
So the distressed boys entered Stanley Fisher's dry cleaning business, sobbing that Lester had been attacked in the creek by a shark. So you remember Stanley Fisher? He was the one who said the captain had a good sense of humour. Kids were funny, a though. splendid <laughs> sense of humour. Splendid. Oh, your kids are funny too. <laughs> Look at your little riddle is out. Put your clothes on. <laughs> Here, I'll tell you something. <laughs> I don't know why he's Italian. But. <laughs> I don't know either. It could have been. It could have been. Give it a moment. Fisher was at first somewhat dismissive, but after noting their nakedness and the very real panic that engulfed them, he began to take their cry of shark seriously fisher was a kind man and would often play baseball with the kids when they were short on players so he knew them well short enough to now. know <laughs> josh well i won now <laughs> sorry I'm just the victim man yeah i know but he's not only <laughs> so he knew them well enough to know they wouldn't joke about something so serious he thought of lester's epilepsy and deducted a seizure may have been responsible for the commotion oh my god i can't see this call, crap. Yeah, there was Can blood I, yeah, yeah. seizures call that yeah that's what he, he was like. He was like, probably a seizure. They're yeah. like, yeah, his arm's gone. He was like... He exploded. Yeah. <laughs> he was that bad. He exploded. I think, I think it was a seizure. Thinking that Lester was possibly drowning in need of help, the tall, well-built, the tall, well-built fisher rushed out of the store and made his way to the Wyckoff dock. On his way, Sorry, he grabbed I, another... I just noticed it's the Wyckoff dock. It's got a Y in it. Like, it's, it's spelled W-Y-K-Wyckoff. Wait, let me find it. I can't find it. Wait, W-Y-C-K-O-F-F. Yeah, it's a wine seven eight. They're like, we'll call it whack off. Change it to a Y, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's make this more more palatable for the people. <laughs> so I kept whack off that. No one's saying that, Jim. It's where the captain moors his boat. He's all trying to get him out of the water. Come <laughs> on, get away, get away. Come look at my sea monster. Stuck in there. Uh, so he, on his way to the dock, he grabbed another young man called Red Burlu, along with a middle-aged carpenter, Arthur Smith. He insisted they accompany him to the creek. When they reached the creek, they observed the brown water was tinged with blood. The three men piled into a nearby rowboat and used it to search for Lester. He'd been gone for almost half an hour at this point, and the men realised they were most likely looking for a corpse rather than attempting I'd rescue. Because so. mm. in their mind, they're like, he's drowned. Ignore the blood. <laughs> Let's ignore that. <laughs> that it could be anything. Fisher made a remark about the crimson colour of the creek water and Burley thought it was possible Lester may have had hit his head jumping from a piling. Yeah, as the men continued to search by prodding long rods into the depth of the creek, other concerned residents began showing up. But that's how like unlikely in their minds that that could possibly be a shark attack. They're just rattling off all these more unlikely circumstances to cover it. Yeah, because to them, that's more likely than what... So maybe these aliens came in. Yeah, (laughs) because in this day, we're like, it happened. Shark, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably our first thing. But back then, they're like, it's anything but that. Yeah, like maybe a dog attacked him under the wall. Like literally, that's what they were. Seawolf. Seawolf. Hardware store owner Asher Woolley arrived with chicken wire and grappling hooks, thinking a net may help catch a body drifting under the surface. Woolley and a few other men strung the fencing underneath a nearby train bridge and across the banks of the creek, hoping to prevent the body from being taken with the current. It didn't occur to them they were potentially trapping a shark in the area. So they got the chicken wire, they got the grappling hooks, and they ran it from one side of the creek bank to the other, under the water, so so in case like the tide, the ingoing tide, yeah, would carry the body, the drowned body, away yeah. from where they were searching. That's why they did that. He's on it, eh? Like, who would have thought to do that? I thought it would have been a bit late for that. Would have already carried. Yeah. Well, they don't know how long. I suppose it's been about half an hour. Yeah. They're just trying to help. I do think that was a little further, not like super far away, but maybe like twenty meters upstream. Yeah, right on. They're like, we'll hang it from here, see what we catch. Hopefully, we get the body if it if it does float away. <laughs> they catch a shark. I don't see anything. 
<laughs> Why is it moving? Why is Why a chicken wire moving? I can't see that anything. That is a giant fish. <laughs> the cat like, God damn it! <laughs> there she be. <laughs> With more people showing up, Fisher, Burlew and Smith grew more determined to locate Lester. They borrowed swimsuits, which they changed into behind a nearby tree and began bravely free diving for the missing boy. So they're oh, in the water yeah. now and they're, oh. dri- they're diving down. Arthur Smith was diving near the dock when his abdomen was painfully slashed by a moving object. After struggling to surf to the surface, the 52-year-old looked down to see blood oozing through his shirt from the fresh, fresh laceration. Never mentions what it could have been in the book. I don't know if it's alluding Torpedo. to maybe the shark. It was like a moving object that slashed him, and, but now he's in the water bleeding as well. At the other side of the creek, Fisher was of the opinion that Lester's body was resting in the deepest part and he was determined to find the boy. So Fisher and Burley were on their, the other side of the creek, away from like the town and the residents, and they reckoned his body was laying. There was like kind of like a, what would you call it, like a, a ditch in the water or like yeah, a like channel. A, it had yeah. a lip. Just a dip off. Like a yeah, dip off but it had like it was like a channel that had a bit of a lip, so they reckon that the body could have gone under this tiny, oh, right, oh, yeah. like this area yeah, in yeah. there. Like crevice or something. Yeah, water. something like that. So they'd been diving for a long time and both men were tired and cold. Arthur Smith was done. Like he'd been injured and Fisher and Burley, they were getting pretty cold. So been he left it at that. Something bumped him. Yeah, and he was, him, and he, that's he. That, so, but he, you don't, it doesn't explain anything. He didn't explain anything else. Don't know what it was that hit him. Don't know why. It, and it was just like a cut. Like a, it was a big laceration, like, and it started bleeding immediately through. His, like it cut through his shirt into his abdomen. But the book, I was like waiting for it to be like. I think it is kind of insinuated that perhaps it was like the shark that may have. Yeah, but I reckon it would. You probably actually did just like cut it on something. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, because like if it something. was the shark, you'd think it would bite him, or the blood would, or a, yeah. would get him going. So Fisher, like they were over it and then Fisher saw Lester's parents standing on the bank and he decided he was going to do one more dive. Guilt trip. <laughs> well, they weren't like, oh, you They're better sitting bring... their arms crossed, just tapping their foot on the ground. It's only our boy. <laughs> well, they... <laughs> Fisher, like like I said, he had a relationship with the boys. He often, he was quite young himself. Like yeah. he used to play baseball with them and he felt really bad for the parents sitting there, like like hoping to have, find their kid. Like He was a really nice dude. So he was like, fuck it. I'll go one last time. And this part is a little bit disputed. So newspapers reported that Fisher actually found Lester's body during his last dive and was standing up in waist-deep water on the opposite side of the creek to where the rest of the town was standing. But no eyewitness statements reported this. They just said that Fisher was exiting the water. So he was either exiting the water with Lester's body or he was just exiting the water himself. On the other side. On the other side of the bank. Mm. Yeah. But... From one of the most Liable reputable sources. sources was that he actually did see the body in the water under in that dish and he was diving down to get it and had come back up for like air sort of thing. So while Fisher was standing in waist deep water, he was violently struck on his right thigh. Fisher screamed, he's got me, the shark's got me, as he desperately punched and kicked at the shark as it held him in his vice-like jaws. Fisher fought as hard as he could while two men in a motorboat approached him and began attacking the shark with their oars, causing it to finally release him. This is sick, though. The boys are jumping in now. Yeah, but now Fisher's stuck on the other side of the creek. They got a boat, though. Well, yeah, so they have to pull him into the motorboat. I'm guessing it's very similar. With the oar? <laughs> to, to, yeah, to <laughs> him, last time. Get him away from it. Get up. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Guys, pull me in. <laughs> pull the body... shark in. Hey, take me back. I'm ready to go now. <laughs> As his body was hauled from the water, the extent of his injuries were revealed. His right thigh was bleeding profusely and had been stripped of about five kilos of flesh, leaving Ooh. the bone exposed. Ooh. 
Fisher was hauled onto the dock where his wound spurting blood was spurting blood so forcefully it caused the crowd to gasp and more women fainted. Fainted, again. obviously, yeah, naturally. And they keep doing that. The guy's like, why do they keep doing that? <laughs> the women. <laughs> a loud crash came from the chicken wire netting that had been strung across the creek. Something large had rammed down the makeshift fence. <gasps> Get me the fuck out of here. These guys got oars and shit. Chicken, they should have used shark netting. <laughs> I ain't a fucking chook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the shark has broken through. They assume it's a shark. Has bro- it's cra- come crashing down. It's broken imagine through and it's spe- heading up the creek. Imagine being a spectator seeing that Dude. happen to him. He comes up, there's blood everywhere. His legs are all fucked up. And then the, and then you look down a little bit, 20 meters, and you see the chicken while just moving. Yeah, just smash like, There is a monster in there. Yeah, Terrifying. You'd never, go near the, you'd never go in there again. So the local doctor, Dr. George Reynolds, attended the scene. So he fastened a rope around Fisher's thigh in an attempt to stem the blood loss. This was a pretty hectic wound for a small town doctor to be dealing with. Even surgeons in the city would have struggled to deal with such a wound. Like the the like obviously like it's a chunk of flesh is now gone. You know mm, what I mean? Like yeah. what do you do? Probably the artery in your leg too, that main yeah. one. All that puts kind of- a like a Disney band out on it. <laughs> well, that's about all I got. There you go. Get him the snake oil. He just needs some sleep. He needs <laughs> Don't forget tincture. to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a tincture. He needs a tincture. <laughs> the doctor described the wound as a wide jagged laceration and measured around 14 inches running from the hip to just above the knee. He also reported almost five kilos of tissue was missing and the remaining flesh appeared to have been sliced with dull knives. The femoral artery had been severed and the oh, femur was exposed and scratched. That's dead pretty much. I, I, mm. I thought that was dead once, unless you're in the hands of a... Yeah, once you once you do it, it's pretty it's hard to... It's gone. Yeah, you're at least it. losing your leg. Isn't that the one that stem. wraps back up in you and you've got to try and... Like, it's sort of... It's so... It was all flat. I might be wrong. I'd say I am wrong. <laughs> the one off um, Black Hawk Down, where they, the doctor was trying to... You had to get that artery sort of back to connect it, but it, if you let go, it slipped. It went. Oh, yeah. like it's like elastic. Back. Like, yeah, it? I think. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably wrong. But. Oh, okay. So you can't really stem the blood flow because it's gone. Yeah, you can't get it. unless you're in a hospital and you got all the tools. I guess. Fisher was in an immense amount of pain and kept asking the doctor if the wound was bad, and the doctor was like, mm, "It's not so bad." <laughs> he was like, "I, I think it's fine. It's a little scratch. <laughs> like that's what they." It's not my leg, so it seems fine. <laughs> That's how it was written. The doctor was just like half ignoring him, like, no, you're fine. He's all so good. He's looking at everyone else like, <laughs> like Yeah, but he was like, it's fine. It's He's fine. like, I'm still here. <laughs> they needed to transport him to a hospital, but they wouldn't be a- another train for two hours. So they can't transfer him by a car, like we talked about last time, to sh- cars, shit suspension, cooked roads. Yeah, just too rough. Too rough. Could kill and him. That The trip could kill him. Yeah, the trip would kill what him. What about the captain? Could row, not row him. He could use his boat to take him where he needs to go. Well, they didn't think of that, did they? No, they should have thought about when he they was showing them. Probably well. asking him. And he was like, "Oh no, I don't believe him. Oh no, I don't believe him. But in a shark bite, <laughs> you're so funny." <laughs> well, they got in contact with the nearest, like with the the train that would take him to a hospital, and they they were like, "You need to get here immediately. No stopping anywhere else. Just straight here." But that was going to take two hours. Oh my god! But he's, he's roped stuff. him. So is he? Has he stopped? Oh, you probably don't know the details. But has he stopped bleeding? I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's still going to be bleeding. Yeah. They've stemmed it, stemmed but he's it, still so bleeding. Not, yeah. the do- um, while all this was happening with Fisher, 800 metres upstream, the Dumb Brothers and Jerry Hurahan were still splashing happily away in the creek. Oh, and this monster just gone through a chicken wire to get... Oh, God. This he's is on scary. his way. All of a sudden, the boys began to hear the faint warning cries travelling across the water. One muffled word stood out, shark, so they could hear the commotion going on down the river. The boys immediately froze, digesting what they'd heard. In unison, all three frantically made their way towards the dock's ladders, splashing wildly. 
The older two, Jerry and Michael, made it to the ladder and up and out of the water with ease. Get fucked, it gets the other one. Joseph had just reached the ladder and was oh. placing his foot on the lowest submerged rung when something struck him from below. Yeah, this shark's That's on a mer- this, Yeah, it, it's his, this isn't food. It's going, I'm going to make a movie out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a star. Yeah, Kim Kardashian who? Like the- oh, wait till he gets to the ladder. He'll get one yeah. foot on. Put the one footsie on. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bang. So Jerry and Michael were on the dock. <laughs> In the shark's mind. Fucking bang. Well, he likes the sound. The shark's like, fucking bang. Gotcha. Bang. Swims up and says, do it. Put your foot on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> bang. Um, well, little bite. Here comes a big one. <laughs> so Jerry- Tell them what you saw. <laughs> Jerry- the magazine movie. <laughs> I feel like the shark's got a mustache now. That <laughs> Jerry and Michael were on the dock when they heard the loud splash and the shriek. So they looked over because they just made it up yeah. and they heard it. They looked over to see Joseph's head bobbing at the surface of the water, and he was now ten feet from the dock. He looked as though he'd been he was being tugged away. Oh my god! So he was getting pulled away from the the dock. The shark's only going to pause for dramatic yep. effect. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph felt a piercing crunch to his lower left leg. He looked down to see a dark shadow, then an eruption of blood, and he didn't remember anything else. Oh, so he's obviously, yeah, right. The older boys made a human chain and tried to pull Joseph to safety, but they couldn't. Michael heroically jumped into the water in an attempt to save his brother. So he got in. Was like, Would you guys do that? Yeah, I probably... I, you fucking wouldn't. No, I, I think I would. If Not it was, you, you. Me? <laughs> yeah. no, I'd yell from the top. I shouldn't have got in there anyway. Be like, Josh, you, you okay? Like, are you, it's just blood and Josh is... You, you okay? Josh going, just, just kick. kick. So, I got no legs. Swim it off. There is no way. Josh, like, I'll see a yeah. trap. I'm not an idiot. It's waiting for me. You're bait. Josh, just float this way. No, no, no. Float this. No, don't go that way. Float this way. Look, this kind of seems like it's between you two. <laughs> seems like a personal problem. Because he's really going at you. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are young too. This kid's like 12. He jumped in to save his brother. Uh, so just as the boys started to tire, Robert Thress, the brickyard superintendent, rushed up behind them and grabbed Joseph's arm, hoisting him free. I fucking told you, kids. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens. Jacob Laffertz, a 35-year-old local, was nearby and bravely dived fully clothed headfirst into the murky water in order to assist Joseph up the ladder. So he dived in and was pushing him up while the other dude was pulling him out. Fortunately, at this time, Captain Contrail was making his way up the river in his motorboat. Yep. And he was able to take Joseph and his older brother back to where Fisher was being treated for his wounds so he would be able to receive care from the Mm. same doctor. The crowd was super upset to see there'd been a third attack. But this dread quickly turned to anger. An onlooker asked Asher Woolley, so that was the dude that ran the the local hardware store, if he had any dynamite. To which he... <laughs> <laughs> to yes. That's, that's exactly what he Let's said. Go. He, went, he went, yes. Straight to the dynamite. <laughs> the so they've gone from chicken wire yeah, to dynamite. It escalated quickly. <laughs> the crowd's heart was now set on vengeance. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so Fisher is has now been taken to a train station where he's fighting off unconsciousness and Joseph Dunn was taken to nearby, um, it's like a Fisher bag factory to be treated by another doctor, Dr. H.S. Cooley. How so bad was his? His was all his like calf muscle and his leg. So nothing probably main... Well, he Cooley... Like not good, but... No, yeah. the, the Dr. Cooley reported that the front side portion of the boy's lower left leg was cut into ribbons from knee to ankle. Ugh. The bones were not crushed and the main arteries in the calf of the leg were not cut. Yeah, yeah. so that's the main thing. So right? he was yeah. shredded up, but yeah. he didn't so hit anything nutso. 
So because Joseph was in a way better state than Fisher, they decided to transport him via a car to St. Peter's Hospital. Dr. Reynolds, who had initially treated Fisher, thought the boy would certainly not make the journey. He was like, he gone to Imagine willing to mean they haven't seen shark attacks before the doctor or who the surgeon's probably just like, the fuck do you want me to do with that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I feel like this doctor was like, like, I don't know, he obviously wasn't, but in my mind, I feel like he would have been like a half drunken, super unprofessional doctor. Like, he ain't going to live while we bother him with this shit. Oh, sorry, boy. So you're going to be fine. Yeah. Like, they're looking at everyone. I was like, he's dead. Like, I've got a rope. <laughs> I was just talking about it. I, go, I got, I got a rope. It's like just a normal shoelace knot too. It's like a jar of cat teeth. Like. Top his yeah. yeah, you can shake that. Makes yeah. a good sound. What is, what's that? In, is it incense or whatever? It's, you use just starts like lighting shit up around the room to get the smoke going. Don't even joke. When people heard that Juniper was like diagnosed with PKU when she was a baby, people were like, did you get a second opinion? I'm like, from what a blood test, like. That was the second opinion. Then they're like, have you, um, what was it? Have you heard of, um, yeah, like oils, natural oils? Have you consulted a shaman? That's what it was like. They're like, maybe you could cure it with oils. And I'm like, it is, it is very, no, it's you, not topical. Like, what the fuck? Do you go, have you thought about thinking before you speak? <laughs> no, but I thought it was so funny that I repeated it to her doctors at Westmead. I was like, so can we treat this with like essential oils? And they were like, get out. No, but they were like, no, and like wrote something down. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just kidding, I promise, because people were saying that to us. Have you tried cheating it with essential oil? Like, am I making a drink the lavender oil? Like, what am I doing? Has she tried meditating? That's what it was like. Get her a crystal, a rose quartz, cleanse it in the full moon. <laughs> next minute, next year comes out PKU, solved with essential oil. <laughs> just a nice hot bath. Yeah. <laughs> How dumb would I look? <laughs> Warm water saves millions. Pop Epsom salts in the bath cures everything. Bit of magnesium, she'll be as good as new. <laughs> Has she got Jesus in her life? Oh, uh. don't even. Have you tried prayer? I pray you leave me alone. So Dr. Reynolds was amazed at how little pain Fisher had first felt after his attack and therefore came to the conclusion that sharks were able to transmit a lethal venom in their bite. Oh, fuck this. No. I'm done. I'm done with him. That would numb the wound and that the victim would eventually die from the toxin. Do you think maybe being a doctor, he could be like, could be shock? Do you know what? <laughs> this doctor isn't the only one that's like hypothesizes this. Because of the way... That's very that's very lethal too, by the way. Not lethal, but that's very fast acting. A toxin. Toxin to make you numb straight away. I think, yeah. So what he's getting it confused with, isn't it the shark's teeth are so sharp that you don't feel it? Yeah, like paper cuts. You never yeah, feel them. You but, don't, yeah, you don't. But it's it, obviously not paper. But I think it's more of like a like that. It's yeah. so, it cuts so finely plus shock. Yeah, I think like the main get, thing is shock. You get hit by something. It just feels like a hit and you're like... Fucking, you don't yeah. feel because mm. your body's like, that's a lot of pain. Yeah. It just goes, I'm yep. going to shut down his because he will freak out and die. You know, you kick your toe and you're just like, you know the pain's coming, but it doesn't hit you straight away. No. It's like yeah. Indiana Jones with the, the body's like, like your body presses a button, the wall starts coming down, the pain's getting through, trying to grab its heart. Yeah. Yeah. It you know, sometimes you look area. at it too and you're like, oh fuck, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he thought that sh sharks were um, venomous. That was his conclusion because of the that way. That actually sounds terrifying. But, oh, no. Yeah, imagine that. Yep. But I feel like, yeah, they don't believe like sharks in shark attacks, but surely they know what sharks are. Like sharks have been around for a long time. Yeah, is there any marine them. biology back then where they're like sharks? Aren't there was, but they weren't. It's not like now. Like remember how I told you at the start in part one, there was two brothers that got a submarine and were able to like watch that. They'd never done that before. They'd oh, never ever witnessed shark behavior in their natural habitat. I guess you, sort of thing. Have, you wouldn't have the technology to follow no. them around. I've seen. I guess. So they could only do it. 
in aquariums, I guess, or like wherever where sharks are hand fed. No, but I heard they, they study you can't sharks, put them in. Aqua- don't they die in aqu- like aquariums? I think sharks. Great whites will. Like yeah, sorry, that's right. Great yeah. whites will. Yeah, I don't. So they, I don't think they had much opportunity to study. You just find like dead ones, I guess, like yeah, on the shore and stuff like but that. But yeah, and you cut them open and look at their bodies. But I guess they wouldn't have. Like a doctor wouldn't know that. They've gone from one stretch would. to the other, haven't they? They're like shark, there is no way there is a shark here, and now there's a shark here, and it's and venomous. venomous. <laughs> and they're venomous. It's like it comes out of the water like a cobra, and spits <laughs> out of And then just sits there and waits for you. His face burns sleep. off. <laughs> <laughs> just staring at you. Starts humming a lullaby. By 5pm, Stanley Fisher was finally loaded onto the train to Long Branch. So I'm pretty sure Lester was attacked at like 2pm. And then by 5 p.m., Stanley, the dude who, Fisher, he went in after him looking for him. He was the second attackee. He's now being put on a train to Long Branch Hospital. So they wanted to get him into theatre as soon as possible where they would amputate his legs. So yeah. they already knew by this stage, your leg's gone. Like, yeah. it's gone. We're going to try and save your I'm life. Surprised he's lasted this long. Yeah. So am I, actually. Like with like, his artery and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how he's kicking. Well, I guess the he rope, was, I guess the ropes... You know. Well, yeah. the, the <laughs> doctor got to him really quick as well. Like, he was literally brought from the water... To the doctor, waiting for him there, yeah. and was he had the tourniquet, yeah. whatever, put on straight away. Yeah. So I guess that really helped. And the, the antivenine, obviously, to stop it. He sucked it out. He sucked it out. <laughs> <laughs> Over at St Peter's Hospital, reporters were gathering, eager to hear more about Joseph Dunn's attack. So that was the second kid. The general surgeon on call, Doctor R J Forkingham, assessed Joseph. <laughs> Some crazy names. What's with the names? Yeah. Like Arthur Smith was the only normal... Well, okay, we can't say normal, but Arthur Smith was the only like normal name we know. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If you two turned up in a book, Ernst... I'm not saying we're Five normal. letters, one vowel oh, at no, the that's, start. Yeah, like. That's messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying we're... We're used to it. I'm not excluding us. <laughs> we're not normal. But they have a lot of weird names. Really? Yeah, well, he's American as well, so maybe that's normal in America. It's true. I was just pointing something out. And it was like it's right by New York, so it's a melting pot of cultures as well. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's not a big deal. We, it's fine. It's not a big deal at all. I'm just making a. (laughs) You seem really concerned. Just you're like a school teacher. Like you're just just noting this down. (laughs) What's wrong with these people? (laughs) Something needs to happen. There needs to be an investigation. (laughs) They sound like real old timey names. So he, that doctor, Falkingham, he <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he addressed, he assessed Joseph, and he prepared a statement for the press by the, uh, and a statement was prepared for the press by the nuns. So remember back in the day, hospitals were like really religious. There was like nuns and shit or whatever. Mm. <laughs> nuns or shit or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. So when the nuns come out and done all that sort of shit, yeah, the right. nuns were the like sisters. the yeah, they sisters, took, they weren't took they? Care they? Of, like, ner- they were like nurses. Yeah, they're like we got nothing else better to do except not have sex. <laughs> Pretty sure they could be reading the Bible or something. We're kind of bored. We read the Bible four hundred times. <laughs> yeah, you got to put them to work. Priest, yeah, I need priest, something to do. Give me something to do. Priests are busy doing. Yeah, yeah we know what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> the nuns are saving lives. Actually, on the on today on the way to the poultry market, dropping poultry. <laughs> um, the back way there in Maitland, there was like a church. And right at the same driveway they used, there was like a daycare right next to it. No, I said, a, I said, a, I said a B. This is. It's a little on the nose. <laughs> this is a joke, isn't it? <laughs> so the surgeon reported that the body's left Achilles tendon was not severed, but the calf muscles were severely lacerated and the smaller bones of the ankle were pierced as if they'd been drilled by a sharp instrument. Dr. Forkingham believed he could save his leg, but felt Joseph would still need a skin graft. 
So that's really good, eh? Mm. Are you laughing at the doctor's <laughs> name? I wasn't. Are you? <laughs> watch the video back. Don't no, watch the video back. <laughs> Fisher, however, would not be so lucky. At 5.30pm, he arrived to Long Breach in Long Branch in record time and was immediately wheeled into the operating room at Monmouth Memorial Hospital. Despite all efforts, Fisher was too far gone and he succumbed to his wounds at 6.35pm. Oh, so he went. Yeah. Yep. So while this was going on, the Madam residents were grabbing their torches and pitchforks. Like literally, that's what they were doing. They figured the shark could come back to the attack sites at high tide. So they went and grabbed a supply of dynamite, shotguns, harpoons, rifles, garden hose, ice picks, axes, pitchforks, and even Sorry, cannons. did you say garden, garden hose? hose? Garden hose, H-O-E-S. Oh, yeah. like getting yeah. with the fresh water. <laughs> getting with the Burns. They're making a noose out of garden hose. <laughs> garden hose. Imagine that they all they make that movie and in the end, everything else fails, all dynamite and all that sort of stuff. There's a massacre, people die and all that sort of shit. And at the end, there's this one big burly strong guy strangling a shark <laughs> with a garden hose. Take that shit. <laughs> slowly roll back and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> By nightfall, the riled-up crowd had lined the creek with over 15 nets and underwater blasts of dynamite could be heard kilometres away. So, so just, just lobbing yeah, down for Oh, it. yeah. This sounds like something from, I don't think, you, you Parks and Rec. Like something for the townsfolk of... Um, I know the show you talk, I haven't seen it. Yeah, oh, yeah I haven't seen it. You watch it, it's so good. But it's something that the town folk there, like of Pawnee, Indiana, would do. They'd be like, get the dynamite. No one in town was sleeping that night. And wanted posters for a $100 reward for the capture of the shark were plastered around town already. Like, they were already out and about. They wanted to get it. And the sun rose over the town without Lester or the shark's body having surfaced. So Lester's still missing. Like, his body. So under this conclusion, what like you said, the most reliable paper we're going with was he just stood up on the other side of the bank and he either might have seen Lester's body in there or not, but then bang, he There's got hit. Like, so it's hard because this is 1916. And the dude, um, the author of this book, so the source material I had was 12 Days of Terror by Richard G. Fernicola, who's also a doctor. He did really well considering it was from 1916. He started investigating this, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And he was able to go, he did a lot of, um, pulled a lot of old newspaper reports along with, he talked to a lot of family members of the people who had witnessed the yeah. attack. So what did your dad say? Could you mm. imagine someone coming to us and be like, what did your dad say about that? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It changed every time and none of it could be true. And, <laughs> like, yeah. And obviously someone, unless that was your little added bit, someone's obviously said uh, that, what was his name? Sorry, who died? They wanted, went to theatre but died. Stanley uh, Fisher. Fisher. Obviously I said Fisher, I seen in his eyes, he popped up and he felt guilty when the parents were there and he already turned around and went back in for a second for yeah. the last shot. It's like, how do you know? But he apparently, like the Red Burlu, the guy that was in there with him, he interviewed his... He was like, some of them were in their 90s and he interviewed them. They were there, but yeah. they got different stories. But one of them, I think, was the shark got the got Fisher when he was diving to get Stanley's body and the body was dropped back down to where it was. And he, like, there was a few different yeah. kind of ones. So he just went with, you know, it was one of those. Yeah, right. Um, That's all pretty cool. That whole lot, I'm not cool, it's devastating. But yeah. I'm, like the movie... If it had added something like that, like a good half hour portion of the movie about that little rip, that bit of the creek, mm. that would have been cool. Like you could make a completely different movie with how this is just the whole creek. Yeah, yeah that's you, some of the movies you watch and you see, you think, "Fuck, that was dog shit." And there, there is a literal story that happened. It's written for you right here. Make that look cool, what and that would work in a creepy this? river. Yeah, like, what are you doing yeah. with this other right. shit? Jesus. You said, yeah or meow? You said meow. I said, yeah. Sorry. Meow. Lips meow. 
Are you doing that super Or nimbly bimbly. I was about to say this is Or nimbly bimbly. <laughs> Do I look like a cat to you? <laughs> Drinking out of a saucer? Yeah. So literally everybody in the country was talking about these attacks. Now, so President Woodrow Wilson deployed the full scope of the US Coast Guard, the National Marines Fishery Service, and dispatched a federal agent to the Jersey Shore to wage war on the sharks. So it was an election year, right? So he wanted to make it look like he was doing something about this because at this time this was a greater concern than the war now. So a $300 bounty was offered to anyone who killed a shark with human remains in it. Yeah, but it had to have human Uh. remains in it. So fishermen were going ham. They were just killing sharks left, right, and center. They wanted the bounty because it's a lot of money for the Well, that was in the movie too, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, they all went out there and started doing that. So Captain Cottrell and his son-in-law, Richard Lee, ended up killing a bull shark at the mouth of the Matawan Creek. The captain put it on ice at a local fish house and charged 10 cents a look. No human remains were found in the shark, though. Mm. Kind of fucked up. You're pretty close to the tragedy and you're going to profit off it. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? That's just a human thing. We're bad. I don't think it's good, though. I mean, is the shark <laughs> no. the monster or is he really just trying to fix the problem? Is the people the monster? The shark's probably right in the movies, too. You know, just fucking, man, I just went up the river for a swim. This guy jumped on me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take action. <laughs> No, but you're right. Yeah, people, what's it called? They prey on fear. Like, yes. They'll exploit it. Ex- exploit it. Exploitation. Yeah, yeah. So some people are purchasing sharks and putting them in their hotels to generate tourism. Yeah. So like even dead sharks, they'd put them, they'd get them, they'd kill, they, if someone would kill them, they would go and purchase the shark and put it on ice in their hotel room so that tourists would come and look at the sharks a lot, in the a big hotel. big things would have been their jaws. You, you know how you see sometimes oh, yeah. the open jaw? I'm mm. that, that would have been. Depending on what shark they got, like. Like, it's cool anyway, but, like, if they got yeah. a big one, that'd be But that's crazy. Cool. Like, you can see with it open how big a shark's mouth actually is, and then you really go, fuck that. They're like snakes, actually. hey. Yeah. They're poisonous. <laughs> Venomous. Venomous. There you go. You do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> These two New Yorkers, Michael Schleiser and John Murphy, were in a small motorboat fishing with a dragnet at the stern of the boat, casually trying to catch fish, some fish for breakfast. So the guys that weren't chasing sharks. Yeah, so they're just in this little boat, little small motorboat. They've got a dragnet at the stern. They're just... They're just drifting, right? Catching fish. Trolling. They, they drifted to the mouth of the Matawan Creek when all of a sudden they f- felt a huge tug on the net of the on their net and their boat... Sh- Fuck, I'll try that again. They, they drifted to the mouth of the Matawan Creek when all of a sudden they felt a huge tug on the net and their boat lurched. They'd snagged a massive shark and it was throwing around their small boat and the guys were worried it would sink them. Like the shark was that big and thrashing that aggressively. They're like, we're going down. Schleiser had grabbed a broken oar that he had brought aboard and frantically started stabbing at the shark that was thrashing <laughs> about and just blew the surface and he eventually killed it. With the broken oar? Mm-hmm. What a mad dog. So that guy is Schleiser. Yeah, so he'd found when he was getting on the boat that morning, there was a broken oar right beside it and he literally just put it in the boat. He was like, man, it could be... That's where laziness comes in handy. Like he could have really... That could have hurt someone. Like we would have taken that out, you know. But he left it there because he's lazy and then it come in handy later. Well, he brought it with him on purpose. It oh, wasn't even purpose? his. Yeah, it was like next to the boat on like the dock or whatever. Oh, so he grabbed it off the dock and just chucked it Was it the boat. Yeah. Well, to use it Why? or just, just put it in I the don't boat? know. I don't know. It was just Ooh, noted free that broken just... He's just I... a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> like anything, he's just like, I'm going to take that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like mum. <laughs> you just have some use left in it. <laughs> like when we were fishing, I was like, holy fuck, where are we going? The whole tub was full, but you made a good point where you're like, yeah, but. When you need something, it's going to be there. Oh, yeah. Mum, like when we went fishing, the whole back of the huge mum puts, you know what she's like, packs everything, including yeah. the kitchen sink in. There's no way you're going to even use like 5% of the stuff. 
but it's you always end up needing something and she always has it. You mm. never go without whatever you yeah. need. But you do end up cutting a lot of stuff <laughs> for just that one little like weird scissor random fish remover thing that yeah. you're like, oh, there's no way I've got that. And mum's like, here it is. It's also <laughs> handy and it's good when she packs it. <laughs> and I don't have to. Now they'd been faced with another problem. The shark was as big as their boat and there was no way they'd be able to haul it on board without sinking their vessel. That's how big it was. They were able to signal a larger boat that was passing by and it agreed to carry the shark to a nearby dock. There, they decided to cut open the shark to view its stomach contents because that's what everybody's doing, right? They're like, what's in here? A dentist had been passing by the dock. Oh, man. (laughs) Fuck off. No, he's good. He's good. This is a good guy, right? Dennis had been passing by the dock when he noted the commotion and quickly went to retrieve two doctor friends. Does anyone need me to uh, check some teeth and make sure it's human? <laughs> no. Dentists are still doctors. So. No, I mean like... Oh, yeah, like in the like stomach. To ver- yeah. Like it just happened yeah. to drive them past. I'm not taking the piss out of it. No, no, I know it's what you funny. <laughs> You need a dentist to verify. I was like, human Guys, tooth. there's a bit of a scuffle over here. Do you guys need me to verify something? <laughs> well, that's why he went and got the doctors because he knew that they wouldn't be... Like these guys wouldn't be able to verify yeah, exactly. human I was gonna remains. Because they'd be so degraded. Deg- I can do it. Degraded? Degraded? No. Degraded? Degraded? Segregated? Degraded? Segregated? Is it degraded? I don't know. Degradation? So degraded. Rotten? No, not rotten. Dissolved? Degraded, if I use it properly, sounds better, I think. It's more on the money. I don't think it sounds better, but it could be right. Decomposed. Decomposed. Mm. We'll use that one. <laughs> I think that's it. It's better, I think. No, I think it's it. But degraded is a word? I, it doesn't sound right, but I think it is. Okay. Can you do your weird little shit on that thing there and make sure? Degraded. I need to know. Do you just mean Google, Josh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> degraded. Degraded. Degradation. Degradation. Degra- no, degraded. Reduced far below ordinary standards of civilized life and contact. Characterized by degeneration of yeah, structure. Like, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Degraded. Oh, that's for degraded. There is... Degra- is degraded a word? It, do- it doesn't say. It says degradation. It just comes up They say not sure whether you mean degradation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe I do. Who do you know? have a speech impediment? <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so he got his mate, like he went and got his doctor friends because he was like, there's no way they're going to know what human remains are by this yeah. stage if there are any in there. So Schleiser and Murphy cut open the shark's stomach and began rifling through the repulsive contents, chucking what they found into a milk crate. The doctors then got to have a go sifting through the contents of the crate. Among the contents was a fleshy material that doctors identified as human skin, along with a boy-sized human shin bone and rib bone. Schleiser hauled the body of the shark back to New York City, where he was contacted by Dr. Nichols regarding the stomach contents. So Dr. Nichols was a guy from part one who was able to change his opinions on shark behavior. So at mm. first he was like, it's not a problem. And then when it started so happening, he's a guy he was like, pretty much put his hand up and said I was wrong. Yeah. Pretty Which we need yeah. more of that. Yes. Yeah. He was like, yeah, you should probably be careful if this is happening. Like yeah. he was the good one. So, Schleiser had sent a parcel to Dr. Nichols with the bones package inside and also wrote the shark was about seven and a half feet in length and it was later determined to be a young great white shark. Schleiser happened to be a taxidermist and set to work on the shark. When he'd finally displayed it, over 30,000 people blocked up the sidewalk trying to catch a glimpse of the shark. Yeah, right. That's crazy that it had rib cage and everything. <sighs> like it's just taken a big old chunk of old body. Right. Over the years, the taxidermied shark was lost. No one knows where it is now. I love that fucking thing out of the French. Wasn't it, you know, where we all thought it was a hyena? Oh, the oh, Jebedan. Yeah, the, the Beast yeah, of didn't Jebedan. They lose yeah. it, didn't they? That's not there anymore. They had it. They, they had it. The a body. king had it mm. or they were taxidermied or I something. I forgot and where they, they yeah. yeah. 
No, it's st- they. I think they still have it. That's why mm. they come back later and check the anomalies. Like that looks like a hyena. But since then, they haven't been able to find. Yeah, it. I, I thought it, I thought they lost it from when we last talked about. I think though, like George said, like it was in the late eighteen hundreds or the mm. early eighteen hundreds. The dude was like, "That's a hyena," and then they lost it. Yeah, then. right after. Yeah. The attacks had stopped after the young great white was caught, but for the decades that followed, the scientific communities couldn't agree on a reasoning behind the bizarre event or if it was a sole shark that was the perpetrator. The more that was learned about sharks over the years, the more unlikely it was thought that a great white shark was responsible for the Matawan Creek attacks. Great whites rarely enter fresh water, and the descriptions from those there during Stanley Fisher's attack more closely match that of a bull shark, both in appearance and mannerisms. Also, the bones found in the Great White couldn't be positively attributed to any of the victims because no, there was no DNA testing or anything back yeah. then. And scientists of today were um, are wary to believe the assessment that 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 they were even human. So uh, okay, I, but even now you'd agree with that in a way. I'm not saying it would never happen, but you'd agree that it would be a bull shark over a Great yeah. White upper. Well, From yeah. the limited knowledge I know, I would say yeah, yeah, yeah that's that. what I mean, yeah. Because it was a time of war, a lot of people thought it had something to do with the Germans. There had been German (laughs) U-boats showing up offshore along with German submarine and it was thought that perhaps they had invented some sort of shark-attracting devices. (laughs) Do you know what's funny, though? I feel like this is a reflection of the media today, especially in the United States, if you watch, like, Fox News or Tucker Carlson and the shit that they fucking say. Just major propaganda. Yeah, you just, like, listen to it and you're like... People are listening to this and believing it. Uh, it's like simple things. Like this morning, I read. Oh, yesterday I read about how the World Cup they're talking about doing an Indigenous side mm. and the Australian side, sort of splitting it. And yep. the Indigenous players are coming out going, "We don't want no, that." No, it was all Fox News saying <laughs> that yeah, we're all it, one. But it's just media yeah. going. Let's just it depends, try. And- yeah, we were talking about this the other day. It depends what media you consume. They're either very, very left or very, very. Well, this right. was just your standard. I think it, like most of it was Fox League NRL sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. anything Fox is very but they yeah. do it so they say stuff like that so people go, oh, indigenous people are trying to do like you mm. know they they want they want yeah. that incinerate. Yeah. Oh, Whereas speak I just look at it and go, I hate the media. Conflict, think- they've done like um, research on it and conflict and bad news and all that. It grabs attention of people more than Makes good more stuff. Money. Yeah. Like when you're scrolling Facebook, you. People tend to stop on the shit news, mm. not the good feeling stuff. They always stop on like the conflicts. So but that's news. why you get people like, especially on the right, make a lot of money from like you see people like, like say Alex Jones or like Ben Shapiro, for example. Like they're intelligent people who know better than what they're saying, but they say it because that's what makes the money. Like they were literally making like a million dollars a day, mm. and it's like they have critical thinking skills, but they literally like you can't debate them because they'll never change their opinion because that's what makes money and they know it. Like they're just like I don't mm. believe the shit I'm saying. Yeah, but, but then you got the left people that do the exact same exact thing, but on the other side the of the scale, but you got I don't, bad, bad and bad. You got to find somewhere in the middle. That's what. But that's what I'm saying. Like you'll have like the far left and the far right, and mm. then they always will you. They'll always report in a me. way. Stuck in the middle. Yeah. I'm you, like, I don't like you. I don't like you. Yeah. I'm just you need to find the most like non-biased yeah. reporting. That's just like, I don't care about. It's like old mate who, the guy that had in part one that had the theory about sharks. And then he's like, oh no, I'm wrong. And then change his theory Yeah, critical together. thinking. Exactly. Like and the other information, dude, you have to change your mind. And then yeah. the other dude that gets made the fucking head of whatever fisheries and the investigations and get paid the money to say, oh, there's all, nothing yeah. wrong, keep yeah, going. exactly. In the it's what you can profit off. Yeah. And like you say, George, being being like scaremongering is more profitable than not. Yeah. So everything I listen to, like I'll watch it and I'll be like, what the fuck did yeah, this person... Just, and you know there's people in the States that are like, outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> like... Mm. Fuck, our news isn't that bad here, thank God. But it's it's getting that way. 
Like Sky News, I think is really bad. I, did, I try to stay away from all that sort of I stuff. I don't even watch it anymore. Yeah, I don't watch. We the only news watch anymore. ABC because I think it's the most like ABC News. We when they do because they do all the different languages and the regular mm. one, it's the most kind of. Yeah, I'm not a fan. You already told you I'm not a fan of ABC. I think they're a little bit too left. I don't think so. I think they're very. They're I'm, very I'm just balanced. not a fan because they just show you what they want to show yeah, you. It's all, the, all news. All news yeah, and media same. show you what you want. They want to show you. Mm. You gotta have that critical thinking skills. Same with like you think you're seeing Bigfoot or Jesus. Mm. See, I, I like how I roll. I just don't think, and it doesn't mm. affect me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this? Oh, I don't. I just. Uh, I hate to be the <laughs> hate to be the one to tell you that might catch up with you someday. <laughs> yeah, but that's future Josh's problem. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Was there some sort of mass migration of sharks? Were there just more people entering the water or fishing that attracted the sharks? Like looking back now, a lot of scientists were trying to figure out what could have been the cause for this to go from zero shark attacks to like... That's the thing, zero. So there's no evidence before. Did he look at maybe evidence of attacks similar to this before? So it's all of a sudden just started happening. Oh, I guess what you... Actually, sorry, I'm talking to myself here. When you first <laughs> met, when you first did start reading, you did say people were more... Because people couldn't swim back then or whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah. But they're only just sort of starting to enter the water, I guess, and yeah. the surf and all that sort of stuff. So maybe that's just because we, think we it, started going into their territory. Uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's one factor. No, all things. It's, it's all combined. Like the weather, it was hot. Everyone's going in there. Like you I say, agree. there's more people getting in the water yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So there is evidence of a relative shark invasion in the 1916. So scientists theorize that a number of factors caused an abrupt and sudden appearance of sharks in the New Jersey era. Area. Even before the shark attack on Van Sant, fishermen, clamors, and oystermen were reporting a lot more shark sightings in previous years, and it could simply have been a result of migratory patterns. Reproductive cycles could have also played a key role with the New Jersey Bay being a prime nursery area in 1916. Right. Okay, so yeah, there's another factor. So op- optimum conditions mm. for breeding. Water temperatures would also have had an effect. So basically, a shift in shark distribution is often caused by some dramatic environmental change. There were several environmental factors of the summer of 1916 that could have influenced variation in shark behaviour patterns. June 1916 was especially a hot month, encouraging more people to enter the water. Yeah. The wind direction was also an unusual northwest, as was the water temperature. So it was diff- like it was flowing differently or something. The current. Like something the like that, yeah, was bringing different... Because if you look at it, like people explain, you watch videos, there's currents all around the ocean mm. like, that follow a certain way. It's so like maybe it's like that a highway. Yeah, that's what it sounds yeah, it like. It's, it's like, like roads highway. and yeah. maps, isn't it? Like yeah. one goes this way, this way goes that way. Yes. And then, yeah. yeah, so the current changed. And it changes the temperature of the water too. Well, there you go. And then 1916 was the first year human waste was pumped into the central coastal waters of the New Jersey coast as well. So we know this all adds up. Human yeah. waste is like a huge shark attractant. Like we already know that as well. Well, if I was in the water, that'd be attractive to me. Be <laughs> oh shit, my pants! Why the fuck would you want to swim in human waste anyway? Either like when they just like pump it out there and you just like swimming in it. Like <laughs> what the fuck? May and June were unusually rainy months, which could have enhanced nutrient-rich runoff, which caused small creatures to flourish, creating a knock-on effect. The rain may have also altered the inland salinity and created swollen creeks and muddy waters. This all checks out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a scientist. 1916 was also the first time the rogue shark theory was presented. Maybe it was just the one shark that went rogue and most of scientists are highly unlikely. I, I think that's unlikely, but if it's true, it's very fucking terrifying. Yes, I feel like the creek shark. Obviously, that's one shark. I think so for those yeah. three yeah. victims. And, but, yeah, but but when you think about it, that's not in like an ocean either. That's like a small area yeah. where that could and be. And it possible. happened within like what 
owls of each other kind yeah, of thing. So, so that's one shark. You heard the chicken fence go. Yeah. It's yeah. Next but that, minute but what's creeps me out about that is it already killed someone. Two people. Then it got yeah. another guy. Mm. Yeah. And then it went through a chicken net. And then to, instead of freaking out a chicken net and where it is, it's like, I can get back on my kills. Yeah, is it like hungry? Just, like it's really strange predatory behavior. Is, like it? it reminds you of like, be- like even bears. You'll get bears like that. Like that's highly unusual behavior. But if it is acting that way, it's predatory. Yeah. And then you got to get rid of them because they just have a taste for the blood. So to this day, no one can definitively say what caused the 1916 attacks. And I'm pretty sure it was like from reading, I forgot to add in here, but whatever. Um, Two days later, they had found Lester's body. A dude was walking along the creek and the body had floated to the surface onto a bank and he'd pulled him out. Okay. And it was like he's, the bites were like consistent of like the ribs and everything like Mm. that. So they reckon the shark was probably guarding him and that's why it attacked Stanley when he went to dive to get the boy. Really? Like, So they reckon Fisher had seen the boy, went to dive to get and the shark was like a dog, right, with a bone. He was yeah, like, that's so- mine. Probably think something else is coming to eat him, so I just took a chunk out of yeah, him. Yeah, so then that's why he killed the other dude. But then, yeah, so Lester's body, that dude went and got the body and then carried it to his parents' house sort of yeah. thing. So his body was eventually discovered. Um Today, 73, mil- 73 to 100 million sharks a year are indiscriminately slaughtered just for their fins, which are used as a tasteless ingredient in luxury soups. Mass exterminations like these, combined with GPS-powered overfishing, pollution and acidification, have plunged many shark species to an endangered level. Did you yeah. say tasteless? Yeah. It'd just be like, because it's probably good for you and it's like, it's it, bulk, like food, it fills you up, I guess. And I they don't, just throw other ingredients in with it. I think it's good to be honest. I think it's kind of like rhino horn gives you... Dick big hard. <laughs> like, it, you know what, what I mean? Called? They call it a ma- ma- aphrodisiac. Ma- yeah. It's not an yeah. aphrodisiac, but it's like kind of like that. I think it's a placebo. Yeah. It's just, it's just, a, it's like, why are diamonds so. It's like eating a shark fin. When do you ever eat a shark fin? It's like, oh my God, I just ate a shark fin. That's wow, man. Yeah, I think yeah, it's right. mainly in like Asian countries, like yeah, mainly is. Japan, Japan, I, I would think. So much was learned about sharks from these attacks and they kind of inspired more research into shark behaviour. So once these attacks happened, everyone... Like, it's interesting, right? So... Look, I'll sit there and I'll watch yeah. Shark Week. I'm terrified of them, I know, but I'll but sit there and I'll watch so it. It's so interesting. So sharks were once demonised, but there's been a significant shift in recent years with shark conservation becoming incredibly popular and an important part of ocean environment sta- stabilisation. Save the great white sharks. Well, you should, shouldn't you? Because you kind of need them. You don't care. I do. We overfish the oceans. We don't need sharks. I'm on the fence. I'm like, it's their domain. You go. Um, it sounds like everybody else, but you go in there. I mean, I you you're sort of signing a waiver mm-hmm. mentally. Like you're going into that water if you get hit by a shark. But but if it's a shark that only eats humans, like goes around, it won't touch anything. I don't know how you're going to know, but. You know, one shark that keeps doing it. it's it's always coming into the shadow and looking for people. Like bears, I right? Think you that's have a to pro- I think that's a problem and that needs to be sorted. You either relocate them or you have to yeah. them. Because once they start, they just keep going. That's what I mean. Mm. Like, it's just going to keep coming in. I just reckon don't go in the ocean if you don't want to get eaten that's by a shark. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, like that's... You I don't think you should be... I don't understand when they're like, go and kill it. It's like, especially if it was an accident... But they are so important for the ecosystem. Like we really yeah. can't Does afford to, to be killing them. You know how, yeah, and you know how we're silly and crazy we are now. Where you got a, a safety, everything. So if you got to sign things, maybe yeah. you do have to sign something when you go to the beach. Oh, Karen. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think you should. <laughs> but I'm saying if people want to complain that much, then sign a fucking waiver saying if I get eaten by a shark, we're not going to go hunt yeah. it down. It's but my choice to go underwater. It's like, gone. Yeah. Or just say. It's your choice you're going I in think, the water. I think, I think there is a contract. It's just a silent contract yeah, but, between you and the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Just but, give the knob when you go in. You'll even see... <laughs> hey, where's it? 
Did he nod? Did he shake? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see him. Shark's like, no, I need it signed. Please, please sign it. <laughs> well, I think even now, like, it's such a big thing. Even if someone's family member gets taken by a shark, all the family like, please don't go looking for yeah, it. Yeah, he was thing. a surfer. He yeah, loved the ocean. Just, like, like they don't want that to yeah. happen. It's definitely a different mentality than... Even like the 80s and 90s when they were just like, we can kill yeah. everything. I think, yeah, I think everyone carries on about it. And most people that carry on about it are people like us on the land. But, mm-hmm. but you, you, like the surfers would be out there going, yeah, man, if it happens, it happens. I bet you they're out there just going. Well, they could be like, who was that surfer that punched that shark in the face when it tried Kelly to attack Slater, him? Kelly Slater, was yeah. it? Oh, Michael. Sl- it was Slater, wasn't it? He got very lucky when you think about it. Did, you, got see, his, did you see that video? He got his board. Or yeah. He got, like, where could have been a leg? Mm. If you are willing to go surfing in South Africa, you should be institutionalized. Oh, yeah, don't do that. that you, there's something mentally wrong with you if you yeah. are happy. That's where it was. It was like a an event in South Africa, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. He got a great white hit him. Mm. Bang. Bang. Oh, no. Well, you've seen the guys with the GoPros on their boards and stuff and underneath them, and they go back in and watch it, and there's like just sharks swimming underneath them. You reckon there's sharks everywhere yeah. there all the time? Um, mm. No, I hate the ones where you see people out in kayaks and there's sharks will like surface next to them a great white, and I'm just like... The fishing ones. That makes he's me pulling sick. pulling a fish that in here. Sick. It's like... Rawr, it's like uh, yeah. And he's like paddling fast. Like, hey, you ain't going to outrun it. No. <laughs> Where are you going? Would you go back into the water after... Se- no, it's a stupid question to ask us. I wouldn't be out there to begin with. Mm. I would... I often wonder these what people... What do you mean in the water, though? Because they're in the kayaks and they're kayaking around. It's obviously an expensive hobby, so they enjoy doing it. And then they capture on the GoPro, like, the shark yeah, surfacing yeah. or surrounding them or something. Yeah. Like, would you go back, back in the water? Well, they obviously do because it's their thing, but I wouldn't know. We don't know if they do, but Let's call terrifying. the kayaks the water tents because, like, you know how you yeah, said a tent a- makes <laughs> you feel like you're safe, but you're actually, it's nothing. Sea well, grizzlies. One bump. Yeah. You like sea wolves? Yeah. Sea grizzlies. Sea grizzlies. That's what they are. I just don't like it. Anything. It's normal to not want the top of the food chain eaten yet, right? Like, we're on land for the most part. We've got our guns or whatever, like... Pretty high on the food chain. Don't like lions. Don't like bears. Don't like tigers. Don't I mean, like any that can kill you. Yeah, don't like any of that. <laughs> yeah. We're, Snakes, not a fan. Yeah, we're super high on the food chain. If something happens to someone by another animal, we're like, oh my God, that's, that's terrifying. But really, we're still way up on top. That's yeah. just one person. Mm. <laughs> but the, it's just like, I think it's normal to have fears of sharks. I think it's bears. a reasonable fear. <laughs> but I also like the conservation side of things. I think just leave them alone. Let them do their own thing. Let nature be? Sharks are more terrifying because, like we discussed earlier, you're yeah. in their environment, you're way out of your zone, you cannot, like, water slows mm. it, you're down, mm. and you can't see them. You can't run. I find them more terrifying than a grizzly bear, a pack of wolves, or Dude, even a lion. What like, about that couple that was, I think they are on their honeymoon or something, and it was the Great Barrier Reef, and the boat forgot them, they were snorkeling? Yeah, there's a movie, the last yeah. stand, stand. Open or, water. Uh, open water, that's yeah. it, yeah. And they forgot them, and it left, and they were just... Like, okay. That's my worst fear. I would, it's fucking terrible. I'd be asking Dan to drown me. Yeah, I'd just be like, He'd be like, are you scared you're going to die so you want me to drown? Yes, I just don't want... I, w- I watched a documentary, this was years ago, about a fellow who got... It was something similar, got left behind. And he... Um, where, in the water? Yeah, out in the ocean somewhere, wherever... I think he got left behind. I forget how he got there, but he was there like he was left behind or something. Yeah. And it was out in the middle of the ocean. And he was out there for, I forget how long, like days. But at the start of it, he said he was... That, it was that fucking terrifying that he said he tried to drown himself and he couldn't. He said he started splashing around like he was injured, so he was hoping for a shark to come and No, like that. that's what no. I'm scared he, he, of. But he said he was hope he got to that point where he was, he was that terrified of what sharks or yeah. whatever it may be. He said he just wanted to be done. He just said he was like yeah. trying to pretend he was inju- uh, injured and he said nothing come and got him. Um, he spent 
like he talked about how when the sun went down, it was night. He spent night time out. He said he felt things. No, because like, uh, your brain would be doing it too. Like. Yeah, but yeah. But he said he felt like um, little fish were eating his toes, like you know, skin. skin. Your skin was starting to, to decompose. Yeah, so he's eating um, the little. He felt them all like nibbling and bite, somewhat half biting his little skin off, like not making him bleed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that one feels a little bit big. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but he ended up on his back a lot, trying to save energy, and he reckons um, he's. Of the second night, I forget how long it was, but there was one of the nights he's seen like lights in the distance, like they looked like they were like a town or dock lights in yeah. the town, like all the way in the distance. He's sort of half sort of trying to swim over, but the current kept taking him places. And he reckons he swam through jellyfish and they were, he could feel they were all stinging him and he had welts all over him. In the, they, he survived because he told the story, but I think he ended up making it back to the lights or someone found him later. Jesus. And he couldn't, he couldn't eat heaps of food straight up because it'd been a while since yeah. he sort of. Something to do with like his dehydration and he couldn't scull water straight away. You had to slowly intake. Oh yeah, because you can expand your brain. Yeah, or some shit. yeah. So yeah, it was, but it was terrifying was, how he just went through. The other thing I was going to say was when they got Stanley Fisher to his to the surgeon, the surgeon also hypothesized that there was some sort of toxin in the shark's bite, and it's because of the way the veins presented, like the tiny little spider veins and everything, because of the way the cuts work and your body, like how you bleed and you shrink out. And it, the, it's like such a rough attack, like with the bruising and the sandpaper, yeah. like skin. Mm. It made it look like yeah, he huge was... Huge trauma. He had experienced yeah. venom. Like that's what it made it look like in his uh, surrounding the yeah, bite. Right. Is it like how much bloody loss in the veins started going off? I think I it was mean. like a... Res- not even that. It was more like the nature of the attack and how it cut him up and Just stuff. It was like the body's response to it. Like, yeah, because yeah, it was yeah, so yeah, rough. And then... Each, isn't it they grab you and then the top, the bottom teeth hold you or something and then the top uh, teeth like add a steak like a knife. knife. Yeah. They start tearing you like yeah. that. So because of the way that did, it made the body all bruised and battered and presenting like it had been poisoned. Or yeah. Like, yeah. So, he, so when the doctor was saying that, I was like, what a dummy. But he would just be using his own... Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that makes thinking. sense. In 1916, when you know, my country said, "Son, it's time you stop." That song, (laughs) just me. Yep. Okay. You just stop that. On that note. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that's over. This music reminds me of that creek. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Um. Next time we will be recording the next episode, and it will be on YouTube. This one was it? No, this one won't be. This is just still for practice. Well, I can't put part one not on YouTube and then put part two on. That would be that'd really of, shake them up. That'd be <laughs> that'd be a bit of a blunder. <laughs> oh, and jump on TikTok and watch little videos. Are we going to start yeah, doing we'll that sort of TikToks stuff? Yeah, put TikToks on videos yeah, if we're funny. So I'm not holding that hope. <laughs> Don't jump on TikTok. <laughs> you might see something, but yeah. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's just the Melatonin Podcast. We're on, like Josh said, TikTok, on Facebook, Twitter for now. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, all those good places you can find it. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. See you later.